And now, stay tuned for the program that has rated tops in popularity for a longer period of time than any other West Coast program in radio history. I don't believe it. I don't believe a word of it. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon, at 88.7 on your FM dial, and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we're going to celebrate three birthdays, those of Charles Kenny, and each getting their first birthday segment, Erminie Calloway and Lawrence O'Connor. We'll also go to a concert and try to bring back some things. Composer and lyricist Charles Francis Kenny was born June 23rd in 1898 in Astoria, Long Island, New York, to Richard and Josephine Kenny, who had three other older children, Nicholas, Anna, and Robert. Charles Kenny served in the U.S. Navy, enlisting on July 15, 1919, and served aboard the USS Arizona. Yes, that USS Arizona, as a musician, and he was discharged on May 26, 1921. The following year, he worked as a musician aboard the SS American Legion. I mentioned that Charles had an older brother, Nick, and virtually all of Charles's compositions were written in collaboration with Nick, who in 1930 began a long career as radio editor of the New York Daily Mirror. I don't know when they were married, but in the 1940 census, Charles and his wife, the former Joy Hathaway Meeker, were living in New York City with Joy working as an actress at a radio station and Charles writing for the Daily Mirror. Joy was born in Canford, British Columbia, Canada in 1913 and arrived in the U.S. in July of 1919. In 1952, Charles and Joy were living in Bridgeport, Connecticut, but unfortunately she died in 1954 at the very early age of 41. Charles Kenny died January 20, 1992 in Eatontown, New Jersey. One of the brothers' best-known songs is Love Letters in the Sand, written in 1931, but earlier works include We're the Sunday Drivers, When the Robert E. Lee Comes to Town, and later, these. Thank you. 
Turning it down, you'll be happy somehow when you do with the rubber. Take a chance down in a valley, they say palm trees wiggle its way when you do with a rumba. It just, you ain't a quick boat, casting it.
Hey, hey, Hazel. Hey, hey, Hazel. begin. Uh, he recorded it about a month later for Edison as Harry Reeser's Rounders, and about a week later for Columbia as the Nightclub Orchestra. But this was Harry Reeser's Six Jumping Jacks, recording for Brunswick on March 14, 1928, as the other recordings with Tom Stacks, providing the vocal on Hey Hey Hazel. In this session, they also made an instrumental version for Issue in Germany. I last played Hey Hey Hazel in 2010 and announced it as the Six Jumping Jacks, but I've gone back and listened to the show and I actually played the nightclub orchestra version on the Harmony label. Hey Hey Hazel was composed by Tom Dennis with the lyrics by Charles Kenny. At least this one was. Would you believe there's another Hey Hey Hazel? Well, there is. It was composed in 1913 by Richard A. Whiting with the lyric by Gus Kahn and Raymond B. Egan. I could find no recordings of that title, which has a single exclamation mark after Hazel, as opposed to an exclamation mark after each Hay in the Dennis and Kenny song. Before the Jacks was Billy Cotton and his band with Peter Williams taking the vocal honors on Carelessly from British Rec 78, Number 9077, made in London on July 6, 1937. Norman Ellis wrote the music on that one. And Cab Calloway got things started by doing the rumba on March 3, 1931. 
Doing the Rumba was written by Charles Kenny and Frank Perkins. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. This very day, June 27th, marks the birth in 1900 in Blue Ridge, Texas, of Ermine Thelma Calloway to George H. Calloway and Hannah Mullins. The 1920 census shows her occupation as stenographer, but later in the 20s she became a singer in the Dallas area whose repertoire was primarily spirituals and southern plantation melodies sung over radio stations WRR and WFAA. In 1928, she bought a 10-day vacation train ticket from Dallas to Buffalo, New York. While there, she bought a ticket to New York City, but found that the ticket agent had made a mistake, and her 10-day ticket was actually good for three months, so she decided to stay. She took up flying lessons and also found work as a radio performer, heard solo over WABC, WOR, and WLTH, and with Wilbur Jordan Smith in an act called Radio Pals on WGBS, the general broadcasting system radio station. It was NBC announcers Paul Dumont and Phillips Carlin who decided that Calloway needed a nickname and gave her the title of the Texas Tomboy, which stuck. She was expecting to make her first solo airplane flight at Roosevelt Field on Long Island in late 1928, when she got an appointment with Edison Records to make a recording test. She got confused and showed up to the appointment two days early, but as she was preparing to leave, an official asked if she'd like a tour of the studios, and as they were looking around, happened upon an orchestra rehearsing a song she had just learned. The orchestra leader asked her to sing the chorus, and she wound up recording the song right then and there, earning $50 and a one-year contract. I don't know if that was the first of the more than two dozen sides she recorded for Edison beginning in January of 1929, but they billed her as the Texas Tomboy and had her record in a baby vamp style as Edison's answer to Victor's boop boop a doop girl, Helen Kane. She continued her radio work and on April 21, 1929, was part of the Majestic Theater of the Air radio program when it was the first American radio show to be broadcast internationally. Calloway continued to perform on radio up until late 1931, when she gave up show business and took a job at a New York City advertising agency where she worked until moving back to Dallas in 1941. She died of cardiovascular disease on November 12, 1979, at the City Hospital in Dallas and was cremated the following day. Here are three from Ermini Calloway. Fun and laughter, this aggravate you. So 
every summer, there's a warmer climate awaits you. If this naughty bruise your lips, shake your shoulders and twist your hips, let a lady confess I wanna be bad, bad, bad. If this naughty vamp the men, sleep each morning till after ten. Then the answer is yes, I wanna be bad. This thing of being a good little goody is all very well. What can you do when you're loaded with plenty of chaos? And bigger when you're learning what lips are for. Oh, then naughty to ask for more. Then the answer is yes, I wanna be fun.
a handsome queen, oh, what have you? Now I'm a romantic, whimsical thing, bothered by thoughts of spring. And little birds cooing make me long for wooing. I want a rendezvous, a kiss or two, oh, what have you? I'd like to own a part of some nice person's lawn. And someone always near, someone's voice to call me dear. I want a fun romance and love all the Look who, 
has gone and tumbled for me. It won't be long now, going to take that certain vow. I take pleasure in announcing that him now. Jack Yellen and Milton Ager wrote it as That's Her Now, but Erminie Calloway adjusted the lyrics slightly to fit her gender and sexual orientation to That's Him Now. But there are plenty of examples of songs that were sung as written regardless of the sex of the singer, such as Irving Kaufman's recording of In My Wedding Gown, sung with the utmost sincerity and nobody thinking anything of it. That's Her Now, or That's Him Now, was recorded January 2, 1929, and issued on Edison 52495. Miss Calloway was accompanied by the Seven Blue Babies, one of the many pseudonyms for the California Ramblers and smaller contingents of the band. Before that was Or What Have You, from an unissued Edison Lateral, recorded May 15, 1929. Or What Have You was composed by Arthur Schwartz with the lyrics by Howard Dietz and was in the 1929 Broadway review The Little Show. We started our tribute to Ermini Calloway with I Want to Be Bad, also unissued, recorded March 2, 1929. I Want to Be Bad was written by DeSilva Brown and Henderson for the Broadway musical comedy Follow Through, along with Button Up Your Overcoat. Last week, June 21st, marked the birth in 1874 in Taunton, Massachusetts, of Lawrence Bernard O'Connor, one of nine children born to Joseph O'Connor and Mary Ann O'Connor. He attended St. Mary's Parochial School and received his musical education from his professional musician father, an accomplished pianist and leading tenor. O'Connor composed the first of his 100 or so compositions, Margie Rune, at 18 while a student at Boston College. His musical career began as a song plugger in downtown Boston music stores, and at 19 he became a pianist at Keith's Theater in Boston, a vaudeville playhouse run by B.F. Keith, where he remained until 1930, accompanying some of the most famous vaudeville stars of the era. On June 11, 1908, O'Connor married Anna C. Hanley in Boston, making him the brother-in-law of fellow songwriter and vaudeville accompanist James F. Hanley. One of O'Connor's two sons was named Hanley, the other Lawrence Jr., 
and the couple also had three daughters. I don't know the circumstances, but in 1914, O'Connor suffered major, but not permanent, injuries from severe frostbite to his nose, ears, and extremities. Today, his family and friends would start a GoFundMe campaign to help, but back then, a benefit concert was staged to raise funds for his treatment and recovery. This is damn exciting stuff. O'Connor was heavily involved in civic and church affairs and was a well-known figure in Boston and composed inauguration marches for new mayors of Boston for decades. His tune, The March of the Victor, was commissioned by supporters of Mayor-elect James F. Curley in 1914 and played at his inauguration. The music was published in only one edition of the Boston Globe newspaper, and at least some of O'Connor's music was published and sold only at events and performances. Copies of his 1921 composition, Meet Me at the Park, Marie, with words by Samuel Panansky, were sold only as special souvenirs at the Park, Modern, and Beacon Motion Picture Theaters. It seems that Larry O'Connor never left Boston and played piano and organ primarily in churches, on theater stages, and at public and private events. I found no newspaper radio broadcast listings for him, common to so many artists of the era, and he made no recordings. By all accounts, he was well-known and well-liked in the Boston area and died September 23, 1945, at his home in the Mattapan neighborhood of Boston. His traditionally published song titles include Spuds, The Grand Old Game of Baseball, Five Little Brown Jugs Rag, The African King, described on the sheet music as the latest Ethiopian oddity, and the even more politically incorrect geisha dance, the Happy Jap. But here it is by Thomas Mills. Thank you. 
from afar, from a distant land, to one for your presence time. Always with you in childhood love, wonder we ever grew. I'm waiting to be where you wait for me. Sounds pretty good for 1910, don't you think? And even better when you know that's 1910 Edison Standard Cylinder, number 10321, When I Am Away From You, performed there by Manuel Romain. You'll be hearing more from Manuel Romain on the October 3rd show when he gets his own birthday segment. Larry O'Connor apparently liked things in quartets. We started off with Four Little Blackberries, a xylophone solo by Thomas Mills with orchestral accompaniment recorded by Columbia sometime in 1907 and issued on quite a number of labels, including that one, Columbia 3709. It was followed by Four Little Sugar Plums, performed by the Victor Dance Orchestra on December 16, 1909. It was described on the label of Victor 16480 as a barn dance. O'Connor composed at least one other tune in his Four Little series, Four Little Pipers. I found the sheet music for that, but no recordings. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on all the major podcast directories and part of the Global Community Radio Network and the Syncopated Times Radio Network. Listener Rich in Illinois initiated a discussion the other day about the first electrical recording. Now, we could spend a lot of time talking about that topic, but on February 26, 1925, Victor recorded a miniature concert by the eight popular Victor artists both acoustically and electrically, in order to compare the results, and supposedly test pressings of all takes were made and distributed for comparison. I couldn't find a copy of an acoustical take, but here's the earliest commercial electrical recording to be released by Victor in July of 1925, catalog 35753. 
I'll be back in about nine and a half minutes. How do you do? We beg of you to listen once again. We're here because we're here to entertain you. His master's voice was calling, so here we are again to demonstrate what's on the picture menu. You will find our bill of fare is flavored with some jazz. Our chef is just a syncopated music man. And we will sing a little bass. And I'll butt in to entertain each funny song consumer. I have a couple which I think are full of wit and humor. We hope that we please with a few melodies that we have recorded for you. Mrs. Banda's boy Frankie will play Strut Miss Lizzie by Henry Ford. You notice they don't let me sing a song. I'll never forget the first night I was singing a song. My old friend Cohen was sitting in the front row. He kept nodding his head all night. I couldn't remember one word. He was annoying me. Finally, a fellow behind him hit him on the head with a walking stick. Cohen said, hit me again. I can still hear him sing. But you know, I have trouble with my family. I sent my oldest boy to college. He must be studying languages. Because last week I got a bill, $60 for scotch. Then I got my youngest boy a job in a bank. You know, you can't work in the bank and bring home samples. Tenor Solo by Mr. Henry Burr. Thank you. 
I see you like good singing, Billy Murray will sing Casey Jones. I'm ready, Frank. Come everybody if you want to hear a story about a brave engineer. Casey Jones was the roundest name on a six-eight wheeler boy. He won his fame. The caller called Casey at half past four. Kissed his wife at the station door. Mounted to the cabin with his orders in his hand. Took his farewell trip to that promised land. Casey Jones mounted to the cabin. Casey Jones with his orders in his hand. Casey Jones mounted to the cabin. Took his farewell trip to that promised land. We'll see you on the other side. you, Frankie. Give some of the other boys a chance. Uh, let's have a duet by Campbell and Burr.
will conclude with the a peerless quartet. In the interest of time, I'm not going to recap everything Billy Murray introduced, but there you have a miniature concert by the eight popular Victor artists, including MC Billy Murray. That was both sides of Victor 12-inch 78, catalog number 35753, recorded February 25, 1925. Back in November of 2019, we had a nostalgic Bring Back segment which included the tune Bring Back Those Rockabye Baby Days. It was played then by Nathan Glantz as the Rialto Dance Orchestra, and it was also recorded by the Congo Four for Edison. But here it is again to start off another Bring Back segment, performed this time by Dick Long's Nanking Cafe Orchestra. Thank you. 
We started off this Bring Back segment with Dick Long's Nankin Cafe Orchestra asking to bring back those rockabye baby days. That was recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota on November 22, 1924, and issued on Victor 19543. Bring Back Those Rockabye Baby Days was written by Abner Silver and Saul Burney. The Nanking Cafe was founded by Walter James in 1919, and was a downtown Minneapolis landmark for 80 years. It was most recently owned by the Wu family, but closed in 1999. There were a number of factors, but a drug raid by Minneapolis police in 1997, in which 19 customers were arrested, probably didn't help. Next was, If Tears Could Bring You Back to Me, I'd Cry My Eyes Out for You. That title took four people to write. Irving Bebo, Howard Johnson, not that one, the other one, Phil Moore, and Joe Ward. 
It was performed by Jack Stillman's Orioles with an unidentified vocalist around October of 1926 and issued on Emerson 3081 and Bell 457. Unfortunately, we've run out of time for This Will Bring You Back by the Memphis Chug Band. Maybe I'll bring them back next week. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll come back next week by clicking in or tuning in again. And as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. Thank you.